shall we? Are we ready? All right. This is In a Time of Ancient Gods, a Xena podcast with Haley and Justine. Um, so today we are discussing episode uh, eight of season one, Prometheus, which originally aired on uh, November 6th, 1995. Wow. Yeah. The IMDb description is Xena and Hercules join forces to free Prometheus. However, his reprieve comes with a price. Uh-oh. Yeah. Feels like a pretty good synopsis. Yeah. This episode was directed by Stephen L. Posey and written by R.J. Stewart, a huh. favorite of mine. Oh, R.J. R.J. Thank um, you, R.J. Yeah. So any thoughts before we get into it? Should we just dive in? Let's Haley? dive in. Okay. Let's dive in. So opening scene, there's mm-hmm. some ominous violin. We have this kind of peering <laughs> point of view from the trees. Uh-oh. These shadowy troublemakers in the woods are eyeing Gabrielle and Zena as they're <gasps> asleep at their camp. Uh, Zena or Gabrielle is definitely like passed yeah. out. It's also definitely midday. Yeah. So <laughs> it's very bright outside. It's like super bright. <laughs> it's extremely like, bright. Okay, Gabby, whatever you need to do. Mm-hmm. Um, so we see Gabrielle just kind of snoring. And then we see um, and like Zena's little bedding palette. So like her like black hair yeah. asleep. They're sneaking around. And I mean, I just cut straight to the. <laughs> Chase with this scene. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> like, so the bad dude draws his sword. Um, he's going to kill her, uh, going to kill Xena. And then as he, like, cuts into her neck. <gasps> it's a watermelon. <laughs> it was just a watermelon in a wig. Why does she do that? Why does, does she, she get ha- a watermelon? Why does she get a wig? It's so many questions, <laughs> but they're all stuck in her little pouch. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. So right as this happens and the our villains are all confused, Xena mm-hmm. jumps from a tree with her Xena yell, um, there's a big fight while Gabrielle's just snoring mm-hmm. away. There's a really s- solid move where um, a guy throws a knife at Xena and she jumps out of the way and then he ends up hitting his friend oh, no. in the neck. Ugh. And Xena doesn't want to kill anybody. So after she like knocks out yeah. the dude through the knife, she sits with this guy with a knife in his neck and says, I can still save your worthless hide. <laughs> and she wakes Gabrielle up <laughs> to yeah. like, get her help. And she's like, your windpipe's been severed. She's going to cut him a new breathing hole. So, I remember at this, like, period in time, mm-hmm. like, 1995, being yes. really obsessed with tracheotomies. Yeah. There so, was an ad on TV. Was that when that ad came out? The, like, anti-smoking mm-hmm. one? I think that's what it was. Yeah. But I also remember, like, maybe there was a news story of someone had, like, a Bic pen oh, that no. you, like, take Yeah, the I've heard of that. Out. So, I don't know what this was in our, like, cultural <laughs> we were, memory. It's such a good question. We should write a, like, <laughs> academic paper about tracheotomies, tracheotomies. in 1995. I'm in interested cultural memory. to know. But yeah, this like episode, we're not even like two minutes in. I know, like, and she's really already intense. cutting a new breathing hole for somebody. Yeah. So there's I was like, thinking like there's gonna be some pretty bad infections coming on. Like, sure, cut him a new breathing hole, but then well, but she knows weeks later, doing. yeah, but I know Zena. She probably will like, make everything. a poultice she or already, something. <laughs> she's already sterilized all of her weapons, probably. <laughs> um, but there's like blood everywhere. It's yeah. like super nasty. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, yeah, and I was wondering, like, how frequent is <laughs> you moving that crinkly raincoat out of the way? Why? <laughs> like, how, how many times do you think this occurs on the battlefield where they need an emergency tracheotomy? Well, she's definitely, like, done this many times. Yeah. She seems practiced at it. Yeah, and she, like, even says, like, I've done this a lot. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know, I know. And Gabrielle says, like, Zena, are you okay? And Zena's like, yeah, I'm fine, but our melon didn't do so well. Which is a great <laughs> <Funny>. joke. Funny. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she's, like, telling the dude, like, yeah, you're going to be able to breathe. Um, your windpipe's going to heal. Oh, she says something funny. She's like, you're going to have a hole in your windpipe, but you'll be okay unless somebody hangs you. Whoa. How did I miss all these great jokes? (laughs) I was in it. I was like obsessed with this tracheotomy moment. So Gabrielle's like reassuring Xena that she's a good person um, while she's like bandaging the guy's neck. And then um, while she's like doing all that, Zena like kicks another guy out of the way. Yeah, just one of those funny Zena moments. I know. Of Someone Gabriel's. sneaks up, and yeah, yeah. Zena yeah. just takes care of it while mm-hmm. Gabrielle's blathering on. I know. <laughs> it's great. <laughs> and then so, they go to like an old inn. Yeah, we go to our, our situation, our weekly tavern. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but then there's a storm going on, and everyone's kind of unease. Yeah, like, and uneasy. everyone looks pretty sick mm-hmm. too. Like a lot of sick people in that inn. Yeah, so like Gabrielle and Zena have taken the tracheotomy man um, to this inn. He's kind of leaning against a bale of hay, like mm-hmm. very, like seemingly like he's dying. Yeah, and then there's another person, like just bandaged coughing and away. coughing and dying, mm-hmm. and it's really, really dark in there. Yeah, they don't really have any torches. No, there's thunder, it's not the place lightning. you want to be if you're healing from a serious no. illness. No, no, no. Um, there's yeah, definitely like general unease and Zena's like looking out the window and she mm-hmm. knows something's going on. And as she's looking out the window and there's thunder and lightning, um, we kind of, we go to this like scary kind of Mount Doom oh, yeah. mountain, mm-hmm. um, where we watch these like magic giant shackles yeah. creeping up the mountain, I winding know. up ah. a rock. <laughs> And they um, end up shackling this guy who we don't see his face. Bald man. He's a yeah, he's a bald man. He's shirtless, he's shoeless. As the shackles close around his ankles, all the injured people in the tavern are just slowly getting worse and screaming and Ah. sad. Zena goes over to the tracheotomy guy and like tries to help him Mm -hmm. and she's like so confused why it's not working. And he dies. And Zena's like, it's never failed. I know. Zena's technique has never failed. <laughs> and now somebody who had a hole in their neck is dead. <laughs> it's awful. Um, the other guy keels over too, and Gabrielle mm-hmm. is just like, what's happening? Yeah, and Zena knows immediately. Oh, yeah. The only way that these two people could have died is that Prometheus has been bound. Who's Prometheus? Oh, my though? gosh, let's find out. Yeah. We go to the theme, okay. and while the wonderful theme is going on, let's talk about who Prometheus Okay, so he's, he's our man at the rock. That's right. Shackled, <laughs> screaming. That's right. <laughs> Bald. Bald. Glistening, shirtless. Now, from what I could find out, Prometheus is a son of a titan, but did not participate in the War of the Titans. Okay, so is he not a titan? Well, I couldn't quite figure that out. Some places said that he was a titan, okay. some said that he wasn't really a titan, He's from the line of the Titans, okay. at least, is is like the best, most information we have about him says that. Um, and he's said to have molded people from clay mm. and to have given fire and perhaps other arts to humankind. Great. Do you like that? I like that. Do you want more about him? Yeah. Let's find out more. <laughs> yeah, tell me, tell me why he's on this rock. Well, he says to, well, let's get, 
there's a couple reasons why he might be bound on the rock. Okay. And honestly, neither of them has to do with Hera. So we'll get into that later. Oh, okay. Um, but he's said to have established animal sacrifice, or at least he was present at the first animal sacrifice. Because that's a pretty standard practice among mm-hmm. all ancient Greeks. That's right. Yeah. And apparently at Mikoni, I should probably look up Greek pronunciations before we come on to the podcast. But anyway, I, I, I like place. just feeling it We're out. Mikoni, <laughs> Mekon. Um, gods and men and men were disputing. They decided to uh, create a foundational sacrifice. And in that sacrifice, Prometheus played a trick on Zeus. Oh. Prometheus offered Zeus two options. Beef hidden in a cow's stomach or bones hidden in fat. And Zeus, being the greedy, terrible god that he is, although mm. Hesiod says he knows, but then why would he choose? He chooses the bones hidden in fat. Mm-hmm. And he's like, ah, oh, you got me. I wanted real meat. I'm like, I don't understand this trick. I know. <laughs> I don't really get it either. It's like, apparently he would have preferred the beef, mm-hmm. but he chose, I, there's probably a little bit more in like the full legend, mm-hmm. but anyway, he chose the fat with the bones on them and he got really mad at Prometheus. Okay. He did not like that. He didn't like being tricked. Mm-hmm. Okay. So that's when he stole fire from mankind, or it stole, yeah, Zeus stole, stole the fire back from mankind and all their means of livelihood from mankind. Okay. And in this myth, Prometheus is like the bad guy by setting up that trick and Zeus gets mad mm. and takes everything away. And then Prometheus steals the fire back from Zeus and gives it to mankind. Okay. And gives them some, like, arts to get around the fact that now they have to work for things. Okay. Also in this myth is when Zeus gives people Pandora, or I guess gives men Pandora. Oh, okay. So he, like, takes away all the other Mm-hmm. Gifts, takes away all the good stuff and gives people, gives men women. whatever. Yeah. Oh, women. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. The bad woman who, like, <laughs> sets up everything bad. Okay. Okay. So that's Hesiod. As we know, Hesiod is, like, not our favorite person in the mm-hmm. world. Plato represents Prometheus stealing fire in the first place. Mm-hmm. So, Because I always felt like it was more of, like, a like the coyote myth of, like, indigenous American folks. Tell me so about that. From what I remember of it is, like, he's got, like, kind of, like, the trickster yes. god mm-hmm. who um, is, like, tricking the – he's kind of, like, more of, like, a low-level – god of like the pantheon Mm -hmm. who then wants the his like human people to succeed or like his like his you know human friends so he goes and like steals Mm -hmm. the fire for them and for i feel like it's like loki it's coyote Mm -hmm. he's that kind of like and that's just yeah smart person outwitting the gods that's the version that we get from plato and aeschylus so plato says that prometheus stole fire from Zeus in the first place and gave it to humans to be friendly and nice to them. And that's when Zeus bounds Prometheus to a rock and has an eagle, the emblem of Zeus, mm-hmm. come and feed on his liver oh, every yeah. day and then the liver oh, goes back. God, yeah. so gross. Can you just imagine that? Just yeah. this like oh, sinewy, like, like ugh, oh, ripping. Pulling it out. Ugh. Terrible. And the worst thing is it, it comes back every night. Like your liver grows back and you're like, oh, finally. And then it's, he has to eat it again. It's so Greek and so awful. Yeah. And it's just like having to, being immortal and having to live through that. Right. Just because you wanted to give everyone fire. I just wanted to give people fire. <laughs> like it's cool, but it's not, I mean, it's helpful. It's so awful. But you could live without it. Ugh. 
Also, Plato is the one who has Zeus giving people Pandora, mm. the first human woman, yeah. as a punishment. As a punishment. Well, I feel like I like the Plato version because this is a very, it's a Plato-heavy episode. It is. Yeah. Oh, I'm excited to hear about yeah. your Plato interest contribution. No, oh, I didn't elements. do too much research. Oh. Just, but we'll, we'll get to it later. Good. Yeah. And then Prometheus Bound mm. is something that you hear a lot. Mm-hmm. It's one of a trilogy of plays by Aeschylus, and mm-hmm. it's the only surviving one. And in that one, um, Prometheus is again a titan who defied the gods by giving fire to people. And Zeus has Kratos, otherwise known as authority, mm. and Bia, otherwise known as violence, and Hephaestus chain Prometheus to a mountain in the Caucasus as punishment for stealing fire and for stopping Zeus from killing all the people. Okay. So Zeus wanted to kill everybody and instead... Prometheus stole fire and gave it to them. Okay. And uh, this is probably the one that, in part, at least in part, the one that the uh, episode is referencing. Fun fact, in this Prometheus Bound play, Mm -hmm. Prometheus is visited by Io, the human woman who is pursued by Zeus, and then Zeus turned her into a cow. Yeah. And then Hera sent a gadfly to Io to torment her, so Io ran away, away, away. That's Hera loves sending gadflies. I'll talk about that later. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> I wish I knew what a gadfly was. I know it. I didn't look it up. I was like, oh, that's a weird fly. Yeah. It's annoying. It's probably one of those like flies, like a horse fly. I think so. Yeah. So Io ran away and came to Prometheus. And Prometheus prophesied that she would bear a son in Egypt who would become Heracles or Hercules. Oh. Who would eventually free him from his bonds. Okay. So that's a fun fact. That's interesting because I have a totally tie-in. different story. That, so we'll we'll get we'll to that. We'll get into yeah. it. I love this kind of mythology is just kind of an assemblage of stories. There's no single canon. I love it so much. Mm-hmm. I love that because on that same line, then that makes like all of these TV shows mm-hmm. kind of I canon know. too. Yeah, it's true. It's like we're all just building on older myths. Right. Kind of like collecting meaningful stories from these elements, these characters. Love it. So in this play, Prometheus has also given mankind writing, Mm -hmm. medicine, mathematics, astronomy, metallurgy, architecture, and agriculture. And I couldn't find anything about Prometheus Bound leading to illness in humankind, Mm -hmm. in part because, as far as we know, Prometheus has always been bound until Heracles or Hercules freed him. So it wouldn't really make sense that people didn't have the ability to heal themselves. Mm -hmm. But if binding him took away medicine, then maybe you could see some element of that. Mm -hmm. Worship. Worship of Prometheus. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about the worship. Um, I only have a little bit, but Mm -hmm. um, there's not a lot of kind of independent cults to him, Mm -hmm. but he did have an altar in the Grove of the Academy. And the... Is that in Athens? mm Mm-hmm. That's right, in Athens. You did know it. I don't know why. I just any <laughs> academy, I just feel like they're always in Athens. Yeah, and that's the one that Gabby wants to go to. That's the one. She, is that I think the so. One she's interested in. Yeah, okay. I think so. I hope so. And one element of that worship that kind of tells us that Prometheus had the figure of a people helping, kind of enlightening mm-hmm. god is that the torch race for the Pan Athenaic festival, hmm. the most important civic festival in Athens, hmm. began at the altar of Prometheus in the grove and took the flame all the way to the altar of Athena in the Acropolis. Ooh. So I love that kind of 
metaphorical bring enlightenment. The fire yes, to bring other the humans. fire. I yes, like that. exactly. Oh, yeah. And so that kind of idea of Prometheus as a light bringing figure mm-hmm. has lasted to the modern day, including in the subtitle to Mary Shelley's Frankenstein, oh. the modern Prometheus. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So now, especially after the Enlightenment and in the Romantic period, Prometheus also took on the character of kind of the advancements of science coupled with the potential downfall of overly ambitious knowledge seekers. So that's who Prometheus that's is fantastic. in kind of legend. Yeah, I feel good about him. I like him. I want to free him. I know. He didn't seem like that friendly in this episode. No. And I wanted to hear him talk more. Yeah. But I loved his telepathic communication (laughs) that we'll talk about later. And (laughs) I I love this episode. It is a great episode. I'm in it. This one for me is just like the first real like free for all adventure. Yes. We're not trying to have Xena be anything. It's true. It's true. She's free. She's not like you know, getting involved in some townspeople's dramas. Drama. Yeah, I'm sick of that. <laughs> this is I about w- Xena and the gods. It's Xena and the gods. Those are our favorites. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Okay. So we're out of the credits. Mm-hmm. Xena and Gabrielle are walking up a hill with Argo. Yes. Um, Gabrielle asks why they're going to this particular oracle, and Xena's just like, um, I just know it's the right one to go to. Yeah. And she's being kind of weird and evasive. Mm-hmm. And we're like, Xena, what's going on? She's like, just a friend told me. Yeah. They come up to the temple, and it's this, like, really cool, like, cement pyramid with these rolling hills behind it. And then there's, like, ivy going up the sides. There's some carved waves up at the top. Mm. And there's two guards standing at the gilded door. Oh. Um, Zena says, if I'm not back by nightfall, I want you to leave. And Gabrielle's like, oh, I take it this isn't your typical run-of-the-mill yeah. trip to an oracle. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. So inside... It's pretty dark. There's some cool, like, stone lattice work letting yes. in this, like, magic light. And um, there's some wild music playing. Wild drums. There's this altar set up with these cool green jars and giant fire sconces. And there's three women who I love these ladies. Yes, I know. I love their ecstatic dance. Yes. They're, they're probably doing that all day, every day, oh, and yeah. all night. They're just in there dancing away, yes. like, just... Who knows what kind of oracular <laughs> whatever is coming to them. Yes. Um, but they're wild-haired, wild-limbed. Mm-hmm. Um, one's wearing purple. One's wearing kind of a mustard yellow. One's wearing a, like an ivy green. Yes. They have flowy, witchy sort of strip skirts. Just right. dancing on pedestals. I like to think that they're, they're just dancing all the time. Yeah. And they've been waiting <laughs> for months, days, uh-huh. years. But they know someone's coming. They know someone's coming. Yeah. They've been waiting. They're, they're definitely they're like not of this world. Yes, like some, I know. They're on a different plane. I just love I do them. love that too. They've been doing it for so long. They don't connect to other people anymore. No. And then um, we kind of like go to their point of view, like watching Xena descend <laughs> the stairs mm-hmm. into this oracular like temple and there's all these bones and skulls on the walls and these big gilded snakes coming yes. up. It was so cool. I just yeah. love this temple so much. They put a lot of energy into the design of the temple and yeah. I love it. So I did some like oracle research mm. and I was trying to like figure out what oracle this was. Good question. And I don't think it's anyone in particular, but mm-hmm. because of all the snakes, it kind of makes me th- think that they're riffing off the Oracle of Delphi, okay. who was like the mm-hmm. most prominent oracle around. Yeah. So I just did some Oracle of Delphi research. Let's hear about it. Um, so how the oracle kind of like ties into the Titans is, so one of the Titanesses was Phoebe, 
which she was the daughter of um, Uranus and Gaia, um, so the sky and the earth. She's the grandmother of Apollo and Artemis, uh, the great grandmother of Hecate, the kind of uh, one mm-hmm. of the goddesses of the underworld. And she was the goddess of prophecy and oracular right. intellect. Okay. So that's kind of one sort of tie-in to mm-hmm. the Titans, maybe, mm-hmm. if Prometheus was a Titan, mm-hmm. oracular prophecy, all that stuff. So a lot of my research came from Wikipedia, but some came from SerpentSanctum.com, which is a great wow. website. I highly recommend. SerpentSanctum.com. <laughs> so the Oracle of Delphi was the most famous oracle in all the Grecian world. Mm-hmm. Um, it shaped political and spiritual landscape of, you know, ancient Greece. I just love that, I mean, it, as much as oracles could be like civic institutions too and kind of connected to politics, mm-hmm. the idea that an oracle is, like, instead of like a, I mean, I don't mean to be all like anti church institutions and things, but it's like kind of extra cool to have an oracle rather than, it's just more free, you know, in some ways, it seems. I don't know. Ancient historians might say different, but like... It's just nice to have this collective decision of like, oh, we're going to just like take whatever this lady has to say because she's tied into this Mm -hmm. ancient earth magic and knows more than we do. I know. It's so cool. I love the mythology of that. I know. So basically like everyone's a believer back then. Um, So the oracle was in action like it permanently they permanently closed the doors after rome captured delphi in like 385 common era oh interesting so it was kind of forever so there's no like Mm -hmm. specific date when it started being a thing because it's older than the olympic gods Mm -hmm. um so the earth goddess gaia gave birth to python Mm -hmm. um who was this giant snake dragon god who lived in the center of the world which they believed was delphi yeah so python um had gaia's wisdom and sent prophecies to the priestess who was called the Pythia, who would kind of sit in, um, like, sit Mm -hmm. in the temple kind of above the center of the world Mm -hmm. and would give her visions. So during the Titan War, I know. Okay, say that one more time. So there's like a snake. (laughs) There's this giant snake, Python, who has the gift of visions. Yes. And he's just like living at the center of the earth. I know. And he's just sending visions. Feed him baby pigs now. (laughs) And so he's just like sitting there sending these visions up to this like chosen girl, you know? Wow. It's everyone all of our dream lives yeah, i know yeah. so during the titan war the titanomachy um which was between the olympic gods and the titans kind of battling for mm-hmm. um, i think you talked about yes, this last yeah. yeah so apollo our dear sweet apollo who was the son of the titaness phoebe um oh, and the oh, kind of so god that, of prophecy like, so that's why oh he's gosh, sort of tied yeah. in so he, this is all starting to click for me and it's an amazing feeling <laughs> So then he is that one. It's like well, that meme like of like Charlie guy. from <laughs> right. It's Always Sunny with all the like yeah. <laughs> strings sticking around. So Apollo kills Python and he, you're going to love this so much. So he buries his body underneath the temple. Imagine this just like dead snake dragon that oh is full God. of prophecy just like decaying down there. So Apollo takes the Pythia as his own priestess. Um, oh my gosh. I'm say this is around like 8th century BCE. How cool. In other versions. So this is, I mean, like all the... Greek myths, like there's yeah. no definitive right. version. There's, you know, like more highly thought after ones. Mm-hmm. Um, so in other versions, which are kind of seemingly like a newer tale, which feel like a little more kind of Christian patriarchal, mm-hmm. the serpent was this female serpent named Delphine, which means womb 
in Interesting. some language. I didn't look up which one. Delphine is a pretty name. It's really pretty. And Not she, as pretty as Python. <laughs> no, I love Python. <laughs> Python and Pythia sitting in a tree. Um, and so Delphine, the female serpent, was described as holding the oracle priestess captive. And so it's oh. kind of um, like Apollo was like the white shining sun god knight yes. who came and freed her, which like, I don't really know. She was totally cool. Yes, like whatever. <laughs> we don't know much about the process inside the temple, mm-hmm. but... Um, Kind of so. One of the good myths around it is that Pythia went into a trance, which was influenced by the vapors and fumes um, from Python's decomposing body. Isn't that great? Oh my god! I know. I like that. Um, So so kind of so the Pythia would sit on this gilded tripod, absorbing the vapors that came out of the earth. And there's a lot of like sacred cleansing rituals that would happen before she would ascend the tripod. So there's the temple, there's a Pythia, but there's also um, a bunch of priests and priestesses who Mm -hmm. kind of work for her. So they would, you know, make sure she was clean, make sure she was ready. And they would also sacrifice a goat. We do Mm -hmm. some animal sacrifices Mm -hmm. to determine if it was time for prophecy. And then only when the goat entrails told the priests it was time to go. Did she ascend? Oh, I wonder tripod. what they looked like when they told the priest. Yeah, there's like, oh yeah, they're kind of <laughs> Wait. There. I know. Oh, that'd be Wait. like I'm interested in studying that, but also I don't really want to look at goat entrails. Oh yeah, no, me neither. So some of the theories about what was actually going on in the temple. Mm-hmm. Well, one was that the temple is directly above two seismic fault lines I running was east, west, that. and north, south. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they could have been releasing ethylene gas, which uh-huh. is a hallucinogenic. Interesting. Another option is that the Pythia would burn oleander leaves, mm-hmm. uh, which are toxic and can cause epileptic symptoms. Hmm. Um, and epilepsy is um, known as the sacred disease. Interesting. Um, which is kind of like has sort of similar symptoms to, um, oh God, what's that like Christian religion where people talk to snakes and talk in tongues? Yes. And has, like, um, like a Pentecostal. Yes, Pentecostal. Mm-hmm. Where snakes were also kind of sacred to them, too. Yeah, interesting. So another one is that they could have been using snake venom, um, which is a Mm -hmm. known hallucinogenic. Oh, I didn't know that. Probably an expensive hallucinogenic. Yeah. So then I was also um, read this cool article called Cave Experiences and Ancient Greek Oracles by Yulia Ustinova Hmm. from Time and Mind, the Journal of Archaeology, Consciousness and Culture, Volume 2, Issue 3. Yay! And she was talking about how oracles loved caves because of like sensory deprivation. Oh, interesting. Um, So to share in God's knowledge, you have to liberate your soul Hmm. by becoming entheos, which is having the God inside of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, and so oracles were kind of in the altered state of consciousness. I mean, if you think about like the oracles that Xena visited with the mm-hmm. dancing, like mm-hmm. there's so many ways you don't even need a special substance to depart or, you know, like you're saying, to be yeah. in a cave, to depart yeah. from the world around you. Yeah, exactly. You're just like, you're shutting out everything else. So you're just focusing on your own mind, mm-hmm. which, yeah, it's just great. Mm-hmm. Okay. So... Pythia, the next Pythia was selected at the death of the predecessor Mm -hmm. from the guild of priestesses in the temple. Does that mean that there were some really old Pythias sometimes? Yeah. I love that. I love it too. And so you had to be a native of Delphi. Mm -hmm. Um, You must be like really even tempered. You have to be sober. Mm -hmm. Um, So the priestesses would have families. But if you're chosen as the Pythia, you give it all up. Ah. Um, You give up your individual identity to just become the Pythia. I know. So I just like. So interesting. Yeah. I just have this like total vision of this like 
I don't know, like maybe like a middle-aged woman because mm-hmm. who knows like when they're chosen. And yeah. She has her family. She has her kids. And then she's chosen mm-hmm. and she has to give up her like entire life. And then can you just imagine her like walking oh up God. that path to be anointed and you're in the cave and there's all these people chanting and it sounds like all your ancestors are singing to you. How amazing. <laughs> How amazing. And probably like one of the only ways to deal with that kind of like abandonment of your entire family yeah. is to go live in a cave by yourself oh, and yeah. like have everyone come consult you with their questions. Yeah. And you've just been like, like indoctrinated your entire life to be like, you might be chosen. Mm-hmm. You might be the chosen one. And yeah. then you will decide the fate I wonder, like, of your entire country. How many women were like, I bet I'm going to be chosen this year. I know. And then they weren't. And then they're like, I know. It's like, how catty Maybe is it? But year. also how just like, was everyone just like super somber and amazing? Right. Were they funny? Like, who knows? Oh my God. That's such a great question. I love it. Did any of the oracles ever play a joke? On oh, the oh wait, hold were? on. I had a really good one. Okay, so the first Pythia at Delphi was named Femino, and she was known as, like, the daughter of Apollo. Mm. She was a poet, and she was the inventor of hexameter verse, which is the standard epic meter of the Iliad, Odyssey, and the Aeneid. Wow. So she just, like, invented all this. Yeah. Uh, At the entrance to the Oracle of Delphi, there's the inscription, Know Thyself, which is attributed Mm. to her. Wow. That's very important. I I did not know that that was... Like, Know Thyself is from the Oracle of Delphi. Why did I? I love her. I love her, too. I know. It's like, I just want to research Oracle Oh, my Delphi God. Forever. I just love all the snakes in there, too. I know. So I don't want a pet snake, but I love that people are really interested in I kind of snakes. do. I want just, like, a little one that would curl up around my wrist That'd and then just, like, cute. watch TV with me. Yeah. Because sometimes, <laughs> I don't know, I see people on Instagram with them. And yeah. I'm like, oh, your snakes look like a really good friend. Yeah. A little, a little teeny one. one might be cute. Yeah. And then it would grow into a giant python no, they would and just it would say, start telling you oracles. They would just stay small. No. <laughs> okay. That's my oracle research. I don't think that this is the oracle. I know this isn't the oracle. Yes, it's supposed it to be can't the be because it's three people mm-hmm. and they're great. Do you want to know which two people I know who do ecstatic dance? Oh, yeah. My stepmom. <laughs> and <laughs> You're like reading from your notes. I was like, oh, what ancient people. Okay. <laughs> And my second cousin astrologer who officiated my wedding. Oh my god, they that's both do it, and they're crazy about it. So, do they like just do it at home, or do they go? They to, go like, to groups? a class. Okay. I wish they did it at home. They probably do it at home too. So, I think it's a group experience, though. Yeah, I mean, because it's like a whirling dervish. Like that, mm-hmm. it's like cross cultural yeah. thing. My son also does a lot of spinning in the house. <laughs> I remember doing that, like yeah. in fifth grade, just like just a lot of spinning around. Yeah, it is fun. Why don't we? We should just, we should just turn off the microphones. <laughs> let's, let's, just, let's do some ecstatic dance and come back. <laughs> Got to clean my head, man. <laughs> okay, so should we? Should we go back? We'll to go our back. Temple? So we're in the temple. Yes. There's a task at hand. The oracles want her to. They're very sneaky about it. Well, they, they basically. Say, I mean, you, well, they um. So they come up. Well, first, I just want to say, like, how mm-hmm. much I love how many female characters are on this show. Oh, I know. <laughs> like, I just love it. It's like, oh, we have, like, four, like, powerful women yeah. who have, like, kind of pretty, like, fleshed out interesting characters right. just, like, in this, like, pivotal moment together. Right. It's, like, so cool. So then the, like, sort of, like, mustard wardrobed one comes and, like, <laughs> jumps off of, like, out of her, like, ecstatic dance yeah. and says, what will you give? And Zena's just like, what the hell are you talking yeah, about? Yeah, like, like, just give me the answer. Yeah, just give me the answer. I just want to do whatever. She's just like, a lock of hair, a fingernail, a finger. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> so basically, 
what they need Xena to do is go over to this giant snake head contraption. Yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a snake head. I thought it was a dinosaur, but then you're right, it's a snake. Yeah, it's a big snake. Definitely a snake. And then she, like, looks up through the, like, through the snake head's mouth, and mm-hmm. it's, like, it's probably, like, five feet yeah. large. And she looks up, and there's this, like, kind of carved stone... Um, Way at the back with a candle in front of it and yeah. a large chain. Yeah, there's a large chain. And so then the oracle sets up this rope on top of a candle. And when mm-hmm. the candle burns through the rope, the jaw of the snake will drop and mm-hmm. like cut off Xena's arm if she doesn't pull the tablet out yes. fast enough. It's like a really silly I know. thing she needs to do right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and of course, you know, Xena's like, okay, yeah, duh, I'll do yeah. it. And she's just like being super strong mm-hmm. and pulling out of there. But then she ends up not making it in time and then the tablet yeah. gets chomped in half. And she's like, what the hell do I do now? And yeah. the oracle's just like... <laughs> There was nothing. It said nothing. (laughs) Which kind of like ties into the whole episode theme, I think, of just like having to do all these stupid tasks just to prove you would do them. Right. It's It's like, okay, great. Now tell me. Yeah. Just like, just tell me. Stupid thing. But I guess the guy, I mean, there's all sorts of players. I was thinking like, doesn't everyone want Prometheus Chains to be broken? But not everyone, I guess. Not everyone. Because there's some people who are serving yeah, different, different and even dots. these guys don't like really care. They they're just care. oracles. They're mm-hmm. like you know the three fates. They're they're never going to get injured, I guess. Xena's <laughs> just like oh, okay, great. Mm-hmm. So we find out that Xena has to go to the Vulcan Mountain, which is the Roman name for Hephaestus, um, oh. I think, isn't it? Like yeah. a volcano, yeah. Um, so we have to go to his mountain. Um, Hephaestus is the one who made the chains, mm-hmm. so we need to get a sword there yeah. that to break the chains. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's going to be you know. There's some a secret warriors. about the sword. Yeah, the secret mm-hmm. that we're not going to tell us. Some Harris warriors. warriors do not want you to do that. Mm-hmm. We don't find out the secret, but Xena comes outside. Mm-hmm. Or, well, she knows the secret, but we don't. Mm-hmm. Um, we go outside. Gabrielle's with Argo, and she's like, oh, I never had a doubt that you, you know, you always come through, Xena. And Xena's yeah. like, what if I don't someday? I know. I love that Gabby is 100% sure that she'd become a traveling bard. <laughs> oh, I'd become a traveling bard. Yeah, if you never yeah. came back out, I'd go to the academy at Athens. Yeah. I just heard about. I know. I love that Xena asked her about some schooling. She's like, wouldn't you need some schooling for that? I know. I love that. She's so thoughtful. I know. So now as they're heading towards the mountain, mm-hmm. they come upon a traveling salesman and his wares. I know. With souvenirs from Vulcan Mountain. He kind of reminded me of um, that character in Are You Afraid of the Dark? Sardo. No, mister. <laughs> Accent and on Sardo. the <laughs> Who was the like the shopkeep of this like magical place? Yeah. He's just like irritated with everyone and just wants to do his job. Yeah, <laughs> that's kind of that's kind of who who this guy is. Yeah, he has some very attractive maps of the area mm-hmm. suitable for framing. <laughs> I, he made me a, lo- a little uncomfortable. Yeah, I thought he would. <laughs> I I think he might be wearing brown makeup on his face. Oh yeah, I think it's and he has this accent. Yeah. Unidentifiable. It was yeah. It was not a good character. It's not, not a, a good, necessary not, character. Not the necessary. His name in the uh, credits. Uh-huh. Falafel. <laughs> oh god. <laughs> so this is someone we could probably take out. <laughs> the episode. Be- this was a 2019 <laughs> remake. Yeah. We would just. We don't need that character. We could just take him out or have him be just a normal merchant. Yeah, at the he, mountain. Why? Why we the? Don't, uh, we don't need special that. editions. <laughs> So awful. I didn't notice that. Thank you for bringing that up. I um, disturbed me. Yeah. Well, Zena like scruffs him, and she's like, "I just want directions to the cave." 
She's like, Gabrielle, wait here. <laughs> just like hang out in this yeah, merchant's Yeah, just stay tent. here. So then we see Prometheus. He's on the rock telepathically telling Hera her, that her plan's not going to work. And we see that it's Hera in the sky, but it, she just has these like peacock yes. eyes. Mm-hmm. I love her eyes. She was cool. And she's trying to break the spirit of mankind. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they're she, telepathically communicating yeah. with each other. And she has this kind of like Ursula sea witch mm-hmm. voice going yes. on. Yes. So what else can you tell me about Hera, Haley? Oh, do you want to hear about Hera? Yeah. Okay. Well, let's see. She is the goddess of women, marriage, mm-hmm. family, and childbirth. She is the sister wife of Zeus, oh, yeah. but not that kind of sister wife. <laughs> She's just his sister and his wife. Which is fine, then. <laughs> yeah, it's totally cool. She's the daughter of Cronus and Rhea, okay. just like Zeus. And um, she's best known as being the jealous wife, pursuing and persecuting the lovers slash victims of Zeus Mm -hmm. and their children. So we know about her, like that story, and we know that her marriage to Zeus was not a love match. Mm -hmm. Um, She refused his first proposal, so he turned himself into a cuckoo, which kind of makes sense as those birds are known of like invading other birds' nests, I Mm. guess. But anyway, Hera's marriage to Zeus was not a love match. She refused his first proposal, so he turned himself into a cuckoo. 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 And knocked at her window and pretended to be in distress at her window, <laughs> flapping around. Let me in. So she did. She let him in. He's like such an asshole. I know. <laughs> He's such an asshole. He, she, he let her in and kind of tried to comfort the cuckoo. Hmm. And so he turned himself back into Zeus and raped her. Oh, my God. He's the worst like, he's god pretty awful. ever. The worst. He's, yeah. Definitely the worst god. Yeah. So Hera agreed to marry him because she was, I guess, ashamed of this, even though she really didn't need to be. It's no. okay. But whatever. She agreed to marry him. And despite this history of attack by Zeus, she wasn't a victim. She pr- uh, proved to be a formidable opponent with her own plans, even though a lot of these included victimizing other women. Mm, yeah. She herself was not the best mom, but one of her children, probably our favorite one, is Aries! Oh, yeah! yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he turned out great, so we don't have any questions about that. <laughs> <laughs> she did do some other things that are pretty cool. According to different mythological sources, she may have engendered three children on her own, just by herself. Okay, so she was jealous that Zeus had given birth to Athena Mm -hmm. with Metis' help. Mm -hmm. So Hera conceived and gave birth to Hephaestus Mm. without Zeus's input. Um, Although some people say that he was also Zeus's son. And it's possible that because... So she was so ashamed of Hephaestus' deformity that she threw him down from Mount Olympus... So it's possible that by attributing Hephaestus to Hera alone, some people were trying to, like, separate Zeus from that Mm -hmm. deformity. But in any case, some people, I think it's a pretty big accomplishment, no matter what, to have a baby without any other genetic input. Yeah, that's huge. That's pretty cool. But Hephaestus was not, not very happy that she threw him down from Mount Olympus when he was a baby. So he gave her a throne that trapped her in it until she gave him Aphrodite as a wife. So she, like, got stuck in the throne. But then she gave him Aphrodite and she got free. And so I was wondering if maybe she was trapped in that throne in this episode, and that's why only her eyes appear in this situation. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I wasn't yeah. sure. She just didn't want to move from Mount Olympus, I guess. She also bore a second son on her own, hmm. Typhon, a serpent monster. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, who, according to the Homeric hymn to Apollo, um, she prayed to Gaia to give her a son as strong as Zeus. So then she pounded on the ground, and that's how she became pregnant. I she just that. prayed and then pounded on the ground. Do you hear that, ladies? <laughs> <laughs> that's it, some advice. Uh, if you want, if you want a lizard, if you want a child. lizard baby, <laughs> that's what she can do. And Hera did it, and she gave the infant Typhon to the serpent Python oh, to yeah. raise. There's our boy. Mm-hmm. We love him. I know. Yeah, and he's probably a great dad. I think he'd be amazing. Well, he yeah. knows everything. Uh, he does. What shall be, <laughs> and what has come to pass? <laughs> he knows it all. He's been there. Typhon does grow up to be a big pain in the butt, mm. which is all I wrote down. But I think that he <laughs> plagued a lot of people. I like getting bored in research. Yeah. <laughs> this is a big pain in the butt. He's just a mean guy. <laughs> um, her third independent pregnancy, here's another piece mm. of advice, is Hebe, born of either Hera and Zeus or Hera and a head of lettuce. Oh. Check that out. Huh. Apparently, lettuce was used with ster- induced sterility and menstruation. Huh. So that's a thinker, I thought. Yeah, it's definitely. That's we don't know how that. Mm-hmm. Maybe it didn't work. And Hebe is the cupbearer of gods and goddesses, married to Heracles. Oh. I didn't know that before. Must have been a later yeah. marriage. Yeah, okay. a later marriage. Supposedly, she had the power to give eternal youth to the gods. To restore youth to mortals. And she's just a helper and a generally pleasant, high-ranking young lady. Okay. So those are three independent pregnancies, aside from all the other things Mm -hmm. that Hera has done. She's also a very important deity in ancient Greece. Mm -hmm. She had had the first roofed temple around 800 BC Mm -hmm. in Samos? Samos? I think Samos. 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 Samos sounds fun. Samos. Samos. Um, she also had temples at Olympia, Corinth, Tyrens, Paracora, Delos, and elsewhere. That's a lot. A lot. She's like a hugely important Greek. Yeah, it feels like she's more ancient God. than... I think she is, yeah. yeah. Yeah, she carries remnants of pre-Greek goddesses, mm-hmm. according to some. Mm-hmm. There's also a controversial claim that I didn't have time to investigate, that Hera was originally... One of the uh, goddesses of a pre-Grecian matriarchal society, but there's a lot of doubt about whether that society actually existed. So yeah. we don't know for sure. But I thought we could read oh, yeah. one of the hy- <laughs> hymns to Hera. <laughs> one of the, the Homeric, Homeric hymn. hymn. Well, Homeric hymn here. Mm. Would you like to hear it? I would love to. This is to Hera. I sing of golden-throned Hera, whom Rhea bear. Queen of the immortals is she, surpassing all in beauty. She is the sister and the wife of loud-thundering Zeus, the glorious one whom all the blessed throughout high Olympus reverence and honor, even as Zeus, who delights in thunder. Let's say more than Zeus. Yeah. I mean, even though she's mean to a lot of people. She's cooler than Zeus is. She's way cooler than Zeus is. Mm-hmm. We all agree. Yeah. 
Well, so that's Hera. That's these oh, beautiful peacock eyes. Yeah. So were, down. was the peacock um, one of her, to her? Embra- okay. emblems? Yeah. yeah. Inclu- she also had what was that? A cow, a lion, and a peacock, and okay. sometimes a pomegranate. Oh, that too. makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. Cool. Yeah. So she's the one in this uh, rendition of Prometheus Bound. Mm-hmm. It's Hera's kind. It's, Hera seems to be in charge of it. I think in most of them it's Zeus who's mm-hmm. doing this, but here we see Hera. Yeah, it seems like she hates people, which like it makes sense because Hercules is so tied into this episode, mm-hmm. and so we'll see yeah. why they brought her in. Good. In a second. Um, so we're in. Okay, so we get to the um, get to the mountain. Mm-hmm. Zena's going to the cave. Yes, um, and it looks kind of like Egyptian in there. There's a lot of statues, mm-hmm. a lot um, of narrow passageways, yeah, lots of jars and torches. Mm-hmm. Um, there's an angry stone face at a doorway, and then these warriors and like this cool kind of antler yeah. gear. I didn't really know what that I was know. going on, but they I, seem cool. I love how temple warriors and Zena always have interesting helmets. Yeah, I'm like that seems unnecessary, but I love I it. Love it. So they're kind of sneaking up on her and chasing mm-hmm. her, and we end up going through this, like, total booby-trapped maze where there's spikes on the floor, yes. there's tripwires, mm-hmm. there's, like, giant mallets that Xena has to roll under. I know. Um, I, it's like a—I remind me of Harry Potter, yeah. like the maze. Yeah, it's like Harry Potter. It's Indiana it's Jones. Fire, it's like yeah. all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff. Yeah, exactly. So then Xena and the guys chasing her all fall into a hole. <sighs> But, of course, we see Xena's little fingers yes, grabbing up the top. Up. Yeah. I know. <laughs> she gets out. I also, I just want to mention how great the warrior sounds are in this chase. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they give us so a couple. good. Like, <laughs> some of those ones. <laughs> those it's best. so good. <laughs> There's so many, like, I don't know if we had any getters in this one, but yeah. it feels like. We had a lot of the. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so she gets out of the hole. We get into this room where there's this sword and a stone, like mm-hmm. Excalibur style. Yes. Um, it has rubies and gems in the handle. And you see Xena, like, clearly respecting the sword. Yeah. She, like, she's, she knows. She mm-hmm. pulls it out of the uh, stone. And then she runs straight into... <gasps> Hercules! Hercules! So our friend Hercules, I did a lot of research Let's on his... Let's hear about him. Uh, there's a lot. Tell me, me everything about Hercules. Okay. It's going to be a nine-hour episode. Yeah. <laughs> so the 12 labors of Hercules are really like kind of what make him famous. Mm-hmm. So Hercules is actually his epithet. Oh. Um, his birth name was, I think it's Alceus. Oh. I'll say that's what it is. <laughs> hey <yo. laughs> So Hercules is the Roman version. Um, the Greek version is Heracles, which means the glory of Hera. Oh, so, interesting. Yeah, the only reason he's even famous is because of Hera. Oh, my gosh. Um, So he was a son of Zeus and um, the mortal Alcmene. Hera drove him, like, she just hated him because we learned that Hera is pretty jealous. She Mm -hmm. hates Zeus, like, flandering around. So she drives Hercules mad, and he kills his wife and his son and his daughter. Oh, no. Uh I know. So he hates himself. So that's kind of, like, the whole, it ties in with, like, Xena and everything because it's just a big story of redemption. Mm -hmm. Um, So he hates himself for this, and he goes to the Oracle of Delphi Mm -hmm. to ask how to atone. Pythia tells him to go to his cousin, the king Eurystheus, and be like an indentured servant for him for 12 years and do whatever he wants. Okay. And Eurystheus is just like a total little stupid nerd and we hate him and he's yeah. really funny. Originally, there's just 10 years or 10 labors, um, but there's a couple labors that Eurystheus doesn't think count because Hercules either got help from a friend or he was paid to do it. So 
So the Hercules myths really celebrate the Indo-European groups kind of integrating with continental mm. Greece. Mm -hmm. So, and like the kind of confrontation with the Minoan world. And basically it's like the height of Greek expansion. Mm -hmm. So again, there isn't like really a set version of the story. Mm -hmm. And they all take place like all over kind of the Greek expansion to really like exemplify all these glories of the different parts of the world, which is yeah. pretty cool. Mm -hmm. So the first one. You ready? I'm ready, I'm ready, ready. Okay. One. Nemean lion. Yes. Um, so the Nemean lion has like impenetrable golden fur. Ooh. He's been wreaking oh havoc God. on the village. I know. <gasps> and he could, all, in some versions, he can like turn into a pretty lady to Ooh. lure warriors oh to his cave God. and kill them. Um, <laughs> this is my favorite lion I've ever heard about. He's so handsome. So Hercules... I was like, okay, what am I going to do? I got to, like, he blocks the entrance to the cave. They just starved the lions. Well, he, and then he, so there was, like, two entrances, and he blocks one. Uh -huh. So then he, uh -huh. like, gets, backs the lion into a corner, mm -hmm. strangles him <gasps> to death. Uh -oh. And then he tries to skin it, but his sword oh won't gosh. work. So Athena comes in, and she's like, oh, just use the lion's claws, Hercules. Because Hercules, I mean, uh, Athena, like, loves a warrior. You yeah. know, anyone who's smart and can outsmart I anything. I see why, yeah. She's just there. Hercules, like, takes the lion's claw, skins it with its own mm -hmm. uh, claw, and then he wears the hide. Yes, and he's, yes. Yeah. Is that why he's wearing the hide in a lot of pictures Exactly. Of and that's why um, one of the Roman, fucking Roman dudes, I can't remember his dudes. name. One of the Roman Emperor? emperors. Emperor? Yeah. He's always uh -huh. like depicts himself. I can't remember who it is. And I feel so stupid. Caesar? No, no. It's like one of the like loser ones because he's like, I'm such a hero. Oh, I Nero always want this. Or like wow. whatever the, a loser. I don't know. We don't talk about Romans I mean, here. He, I know who you mean. <laughs> I totally know who you mean. He's the loser one. Yeah. But people are like, yeah, often they'll like depict themselves in the kind of Nemean lion skin to mm -hmm. like pull off that Hercules look. I mean, I want to wear not a real lion, just a Nemean. I, I just want to be friends with a Nemean lion, honestly. Yeah. <laughs> but it doesn't sound good. like that's that possible. No. But so after um, Hercules completes his first task, Eurystheus is like kind of scared of him, and mm -hmm. he like won't really let him get close. Oh my and he, God. Um, Such a nerd. So he builds a giant bronze jar to hide in in case Hercules <laughs> comes back. <laughs> It's like, and there's all these hilarious depictions. Oh They're like ancient Greek pottery of him like hiding in the jar. <laughs> we'll put some on our Instagram. Yes. It's really hilarious. Oh my God. Um, so the second one is the Lernian Hydra. So Hera raised uh, uh, this creature specifically to kill Hercules. Mm -hmm. um, it's a serpent-like water monster. And it lives at the entrance to the underworld. It has oh. poisonous breath, deadly blood, many heads, can regenerate its heads once they cut off. One of the heads might be immortal. Uh -oh. um, so Hercules brings his like charioteer and bestie Aeolus mm. um, oh, to help him with this. Great. Yeah, so Aeolus is a real character. Interesting. Um, who suggests using fire to scorch the neck stumps after he cuts them off. Mm -hmm. And then Athena gives Hercules this gold sword to cut off the immortal head. Um, so while like this is all going on, they're like <laughs> cutting off the heads. Burning there's, them. <laughs> yeah, there's like heads wiggling everywhere. Hera sends this giant crab <laughs> to attack Hercules. <laughs> She's like, I know, I know what to do. I know. And then Hercules is just like, uh, and just stomps it to death. And Hera gets all mad. And then Hera hurts. Oh, giant crab. I know. I'm just like, Hera, what are you thinking? If you like the giant crab so much, don't send it don't into send this it. situation. Exactly. So she, Hera turns Hydra and the crab into constellations. Oh. So we have Hydra and then Cancer oh. is this crab. <laughs> and so Hercules um, takes all of his arrows and dips them in the Hydra blood to save for later. That's such a good idea. What a smart guy. I know. Number three. The Cyrenian Hind. Um, so he needs to capture 
not kill this golden hind who is a giant deer sacred to our lovely uh-huh. bestie Artemis, Aww. goddess Artemis. Um, it has gold antlers, hooves of bronze, and it can outrun an arrow. Whoa. Um, so he's like out searching in the woods. Um, he kind of falls asleep at night and then he wakes up at dawn and he sees the antlers sparkling in the sun. And then while it's also sleeping, he creeps up on it and throws a net over. So the reason Eurystheus gave him this task is he thought that Artemis would be like super pissed off at Hercules and punish him. But when Hercules is on his way back to, um, to town, he runs into Artemis and explains and apologizes and he says that he'll return it. And she's like, yeah, cool, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, so he brings it back to the castle, and he's like, yo, Eurystheus, you can have it if you can catch it and bring it inside. But he lets it go, and it just runs away. And he's like, oh, well, you yeah. weren't quick enough. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so number four, the Aramanthian boar. So Eurystheus is getting, like, increasingly more embarrassed and annoyed <laughs> yeah. by all of Hercules' I mean, successes. What is he tr- like, a bigger person would be able to celebrate his friend. Yeah. Well, it's like, I guess they're like cousins, but he's also like been working with Hera. I and see. He, he just seems like kind of like a wimpy little like, yeah. oh, Hera, I don't know why. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Where should be you? Yeah, exactly. But and we also like don't know that Hercules is who he is. You know, like at this mm-hmm, point, the only, true. he's just, he's like a family annihilator. Mm-hmm. You know, he, right. has, he hasn't oh, proven himself. I mean, himself. that's true. That's a really good point. <laughs> if my cousin had killed his wife and children, I'd probably yeah. be pretty hard on him, too. Yeah. So it's like, uh, you yeah. gotta just kind of, like, think about in the moment mm-hmm. who this guy is. Okay. So he has to catch this giant scary boar and bring it back. Oh, this is fun. Oh, this, okay. So on the way to the boar's mountain, Hercules stops at his centaur friend's house, Ooh. whose name is Folos, who's, like, Hi. lovely. They're, like, chatting, <laughs> having a great in. time. Yeah. They have dinner, then they're just, like, hanging out, chatting. Kind of, like, tumness, but centaur yeah. form. Like, I'm feeling very tumness, but, like, mm-hmm. kind of, like, more manly, like, yes. more friendlier. He's, like, eating raw meat with his hands, <laughs> and Hercules is like, wow. yo, do you have anything to drink? And then uh, Folos is like, oh, yeah, I have this, like, wine that Dionysus gave me and all the other centaurs. Oh, cool. But they don't normally drink wine so they don't know that you're supposed to like cut it with water oh my gosh they're in for quite a night yeah so like other centaurs are like hearing this like party going on at Folos's house they show up everyone gets super drunk and then all of a sudden the centaurs like attack Hercules because they're so wasted and Hercules is like oh my god so he kills a bunch of them with his poison arrows yeah and one of the stray arrows hits our favorite centaur Chiron who is the immortal centaur who um, he later teaches Achilles and like another another plot. Now, are these the same centaurs who attacked and raped a bunch of people? Well, this is what happens just when centaurs party. Oh, they get that's real just what weird. happens. Yeah, like they can't drink. They're not They're, allowed to drink. No, that's essentially what it is. Like, why did are, Dionysus give him this wine? Because he's just a party, a party dude. He's like, cool. Everybody's cool. Yeah, he's like, it's gonna be fine. But oh, he's boy. like, you got to cut it with water, mm-hmm. centaurs. Yeah. So, Chiron's pain, so this is an, another Prometheus story. So, Chiron's pain is so great that he volunteers to give up his immortality and swap places with Prometheus. Oh. I know. So, he swaps and he's, like, picked at by the eagle and everything. And then um, Hercules is like, oh, man, I'm really sorry about all of this. Yeah. This is my problem. So, he shoots the eagle with an arrow and frees Chiron. Oh, wow. So, that's, wow. like, one version. And then he asks Chiron how to catch the boar. And um, he's like, yo, dude, just, like, drive it into, like, a big bank of snow, and he'll just, you know, get cold and pass out. <laughs> he's like, okay, cool. So he catches it, brings it back to Eurystheus, who is so scared he hides in the jar. <laughs> every I mean, time. Yeah. Every, you're going to want to do that every time. It's like, oh, Hercules, come back. Got to hide in the jar. <laughs> okay. 
Number five. And this one, like, really stood out to all of us fifth graders who learned, mm, who learned mm-hmm. this. is the Augean Stables. So he has to clean the stables of King, I think it's Augeus. Uh, and it's supposed to be, like, super embarrassing. Like, this is, like, an awful project that no one wants. So these horses were immortal, and they're super healthy. So there's, like, years and years and years of horse poop in these stables. Oh, no. Um, kind of around this time in grade school, we, like, went on a field trip and had to go clean stables. So I am <laughs> can smell this exactly. <laughs> the smell, the stench stays with you it really does i'm like oh my god and like even as a half god like you would not want to do this Mm -hmm. the stable hasn't been cleaned in 30 years oh my god and there's also over a thousand cattle that live there at least the horses are healthy and not it's not like really gross poop no but it's like how much poop is there yeah so disgusting so he asks the king um he's like okay if i can do this in a day will you give me one tenth of the cattle And the king's like, yeah, sure, whatever. Mm -hmm. So Hercules reroutes the rivers, Alpheus and Perius, to clean to clean everything, and it totally works. That's great. He just it's like a toilet. Yeah, he's just like gotta reroute this (laughs) and cleans it out. And so the king refuses to give Hercules his cattle. They like end up going to court, (laughs) and then Augeus. But before um, the verdict, the king banishes Hercules, and then Hercules is just like fuck this, and comes back and kills him, and he gives the kingdom to the king's son, who was cool and like on Hercules' side the whole time. Uh Um, But this labor is discounted because he got paid for it. Oh, boy. So, like, can you imagine just, like, this is a year of your life, yeah. like, dealing with this, and it's just, like, discounted. You're like, I didn't get paid that much. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I rerouted a couple rivers. No. But it's also, like, well, you killed your family. I so. know. <laughs> I, they really, I mean, you could add a million labor. You're never going to make up for it, really. No. So then number six, um, the Stymphalian birds, who are these man-eating birds with beaks of bronze and metal feathers that they can shoot at people. Um, they're sacred to Aries. Yay. Hey. And they have toxic poop. Um, and they took over this lake and they just keep like populating like crazy because no one get cl- can get close enough to kill them. So it's just this lake is just full of these like nasty. Oh my God. They like the geese. In- <laughs> anywhere. Like Mary. Any geese. Anywhere. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, oh, I see where they got the idea for that. Yeah. All geese are evil. <laughs> um, they must have seen some geese and then, you know what? Heracles could take care of that. We should just deal with that. Mm-hmm. So Athena gives him this rattle that Hephaestus made, and Hercules scares them into flight and then shoots them with his poison arrows, yes. and they fly away and don't come back. Woo! Okay. Those are the poison arrows from his previous labor. Yeah, so mm-hmm. essentially the poison arrows just help him with everything. That's great. Um, so number seven is the Cretan bull. Hmm. So he sails to Crete. We love Crete. Yeah, we great love place. it. Mm-hmm. King Minos is like, yeah, you can totally take that bull. It's been wreaking havoc. We hate it. <laughs> Get it out of here. Yeah. So he just wrestles it till it passes out and then ships it back to Arisius, who hides in his jar. <laughs> He's like, oh, not again. Hide in that jar. And then um, get Eurystheus, in that jar. Just get in that jar. Mm-hmm. He wants to, um, so Eurystheus wants to sacrifice the bull to Hera, um, but she's like, I don't want that. And because she's all mad that Hercules is so successful. So the bull is just released. Um, oh, my God. And it, I guess it shows up in the later myths that I didn't research. Okay, but, like, cool. it's just all this, like, so freaking pointless. Yeah. You do this thing and then, like, no one even wants it. Yeah. So number eight, this one's pretty dark, are the mares of Diomedes, um, which he needs to bring back to Eurystheus. Okay. Um, so, what? Yeah, okay. Go so ahead. King Diomedes <laughs> of Thrace trains these, like, giant horses uh, to eat human flesh. Uh-oh. And they also maybe breathe fire. They're uncontrollable of fire. So why would you do that? Because... 
but can't you just imagine they're like flesh dripping <laughs> from know, their scary like, horse teeth? Their eyes are all bloodshot. They're like wild and hungry for human skin. You know, there seems to be a theme here. Like, I never think of horses as like vicious. That's scary. Maybe it's because they did they use them in warfare ever? Like, what? Oh, why yeah, they, are, everyone like, had horses. So maybe that's why they like associate them with because I would never think like. Oh, man-eating horses. Well, I think that's, like, scary because they're supposed to be, like, your best friend. It's like if you're, like, old yeller, you know, like, when your, like, companion turns on you. Mm -hmm. But, like, I mean, you and I took horseback riding lessons when we were small. I remember having to, like, hold your hand so flat so they wouldn't eat your fingers. (laughs) It was dramatic. (laughs) It's, like, super dramatic. I'm, like, I still, like, I know, like, please don't think my fingers are carrots. (laughs) So, then they did that. Okay. So Hercules brings a bunch of, like, young lad friends to help him out and gather the horses. Um, they catch a few of them, but not all of them. And the horses they catch are Podargos, named, mm. which is swift-footed, Lampon, the shining. Lampon. Lampon. It's like a <laughs> shining off. light. <laughs> I know. <laughs> Xanthos, the blonde. Dinos, the terrible. Um, and then as they capture them, they're being chased by King Diomedes and his crew. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hercules is, like, fighting Diomedes, and then one of his young friends gets eaten by a horse. <gasps> oh, no. I know. And then Hercules gets so mad, he feeds Diomedes to the horses. Uh-oh. But after the horses, like, ate all these people, they're like, oh, we're kind of mm-hmm. chill now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Hercules just, like, muzzles them, uh, and they take them back to Eurystheus, who probably Eurystheus hides in his jar. like, please bring... Every bad creature to my house. It's like House of Horrors. Yeah. Okay, this one's a bummer. This is number nine. The They're belts. getting like darker and darker. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then it ends like kind of on the darkest. So nine is the belt of Hippolyta. So Eurystheus's stupid, stupid, stupid daughter. She wants um, the belt of the Amazon queen Hippolyta. No. Um, which was a gift from Amazon's father, Ares. And she's Ares like, I is want like, it. that's. Not going to happen. Like, yeah, like, I'm oh. going to murder you before that happens. <laughs> yeah, I'm make you all murder each other. Um, oh. <laughs> so then there's some, like, adventures happen en route to the Amazons. But when he – so when they get there, Hippolyta is, like, super impressed with Hercules and everything he's done. And she's like, yeah, I'll give you my belt. Like, I don't give a shit. It's fine. But then Hera disguises herself as an Amazon and sows seeds of distrust Uh-oh. among everyone. And so the Amazons now think that Hercules is going to, like, capture Hippolyta and bring her back to uh-huh. um, land. So they ride in on battle gear, and they're going to go confront him. And then Hercules thinks the whole thing's a trap, and he kills Hippolyta and takes oh, the no. belt. I'm like, you need to atone for that, Hercules. Yeah, right. Add that on to... Yeah, to your, like, women-hating nonsense. That's right. Yeah. I mean, he managed to figure everything else out. Without killing the wrong people. Yeah. He saved that centaur. Yeah. Just don't kill the Amazon queen. I know. And she was, like, gonna give him the belt anyway. You don't need to kill her. It's, like, so stupid. And, like, in, like, like what situation would she not be like, hey, I was gonna give it to you. It's fine. Yeah. And he's just, like, so dumb. And this is, so number 10 is, like, the most annoying. So he has to go to the very far west to get the cattle from Geryon, who is um, the grandson of Medusa. Oh. He's this giant, he's a big giant. There's kind of multiple versions of what exactly he looked like. Some say he had one body and three heads. Some say maybe he had like three bodies, but one yeah. person, mm-hmm. which is kind of really like interesting. Mm-hmm. I like that too. So he he's a warrior himself, and he has a two-headed dog, Orthrus, who is the brother of Cerberus, the three-headed dog at the gates of, the gates of hell. I see. The cattle were described as magnificent. Hmm. So magnificent cattle. Yeah, magnificent <laughs> cattle. So then Hercules is like, you know, it's like ten years in mm-hmm. now. Yeah. And Hercules is like traveling across the desert and he's just like 
tired yeah. and pissed and really mad at the sun because it's so hot. Mm-hmm. So he takes one of his arrows and like shoots it up at the sun. And then our sun god friend Apollo is like super impressed with his like gumption mm-hmm. and lets Hercules use his golden chariot so okay. he gets there way faster. Mm-hmm. Um, so he gets there, he kills Orthrus the dog, kills the herds dude who's taking care of all the cattle, and he kills Garion with the poison arrow. So on the way back to Eurystheus, um, a lot of really annoying things happen and okay. people keep like stealing the cattle. One of the ways <laughs> they steal the cattle is while Hercules is sleeping. People will, like, walk the cattle backwards in their own footsteps so you, like, can't see where they went. And then Hera sends her gadfly again to frighten and scatter all the cattle. Mm -hmm. And it takes a year for him to herd them back together. And he finally gets them back and Eurystheus just sacrifices them to Hera. It's like this one was just like that one's the most waste of time. Yeah, so annoying. It's just sacrifice some other cattle. Yeah, just like do anything. It's Mm -hmm. so freaking obnoxious and like stop stealing other people's property Mm -hmm. for this. Yes. Um, So number eleven is the golden apples of the Hesperides. I think Hmm. it's Hesperides, not Hesperides. So this is the first like additional labor. And you can just feel how annoyed Hercules is right now. (laughs) So the Hesperides are the nymphs of the West. So they're kind of patron saint or whatever of evening and golden light and the sunset and um their dad is atlas the titan who holds up Uh the sky so he needs to go steal like their beautiful golden apples from their garden great um there's a couple versions but this is the one that i liked so on his way there hercules runs into atlas and asks if atlas can get him the apples and he's like yeah dude you know i'll hold the sky up for a bit while you do that That'd be cool. So Hercules is strong enough to hold up the freaking sky. Uh So he's doing that. Atlas goes, gets the apples. He comes back and he's like, you know what? You can keep holding that up. I'll take these apples back. That's fine. And Hercules is like, oh, yeah, okay, cool, 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 cool. Um, how about I just need to, like, adjust my cloak really quick. Can you hold the sky for a second while I do that? Glass of water. Yeah, just I need to, like, you know, take care of this. Um, so then Atlas is like, oh, yeah, cool. Yeah, let's, I'll hold it back up while you adjust your cloak. And yeah. so then Atlas holds it up. And he's like, okay, see you later, dummy. Yeah. <laughs> So this was the moment I was like, oh, like Hercules isn't, he's not just like brawn. You yeah. Know? He's also like he's very quick. a little quick. bit tricky. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It was like an Odysseus moment of mm-hmm. like out thinking. Right. So then he brings the apples back and Eurystheus is just like mad because he thought it couldn't be done. Oh. Hide in the jar. Hide the jar. Get in that jar. Get in that jar. <laughs> Number 12. Mm-hmm. Cerberus. So... Um, Hercules needs to go to the gates of the underworld and capture the three-headed dog beast who guards there. Dog beast. Dog beast. (laughs) So to prepare to go to the underworld, um, he goes to Athens to be initiated into the illusion mysteries. So we got to get those piglets and those snakes out. That's right. Get a piglet. Get a piglet. Everybody (laughs) grab a piglet. (laughs) We're going to the underworld. (laughs) Um, So he gets prepared. Athena and Hermes are his guides there. In the underworld, he meets the imprisoned um, heroes from other tales, Theseus and Peritheos. Mm -hmm. Uh, And they had gone and tried to kidnap our dear sweet Persephone from Hades. Oh, okay. I know. I'm like, I get it, but also I think she's fine. Yeah, she she seems to have figured something out there. She's She's got a half and half situation. Yeah, so she gets down there, or they get down there, and then Hades had been like, um, like, oh, yeah, you guys are here. That's fine. Mm-hmm. How about you, like, sit down? We can all have dinner. He makes a banquet have for some them. some pomegranate. Yeah. Just but 
eat a little bit of something Just down here, you know, have a snack. But so he, um, Hades makes these enchanted chairs, which are the chairs of forgetfulness. Mm-hmm. So then these two mm-hmm. heroes sat in them and then they couldn't even remember to get up. There you go. So they've been sitting there for who knows how long. <laughs> and Hercules is just like, oh my God, I yeah. gotta get you guys out of here. So, um, he pulls Theseus off the chair and he leaves some thigh behind because he's been sitting there for so long. It's disgusting. But there's no luck with Perithius because the enchantment was too strong because mm-hmm. he had intended to take Persephone for himself. So it's like, no, nah, Hades dude. is like, definitely not. <laughs> you can sit, sit, stay sit in that there chair. forever. You'll be there. <laughs> um, so yeah, he's insulting and doomed. Mm-hmm. Um, so Hercules asks Hades permission to take Cerberus, which I think is like a really nice theme mm-hmm. too. Yes. It's kind of like... Yeah, like he always know. tries the diplomacy first. Yeah, and like half the time it works. Half the time it works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got to really like you engage with someone, you treat them as a, a mm-hmm. person. Yeah, and you know usually it'll be fine. Yeah. So Hades is like, yeah, sure, but you can't use any weapons. Um, so he <laughs> wrestles the dog, and then he tosses Cerberus on his back, and he brings him back to Eurystheus, who hides in the jar. <laughs> hides in the jar. Hides in the jar. Yeah, and he's like begs Hercules to bring it back and releases him from the any more labors. Um, so after that, there's not a lot of, like, specific Hercules stories. I mean, he's, like, kind of mentioned a lot of things. Yeah. A lot of writers have, like, Hercules stuff, but mm-hmm. there's not a lot of other, like, solid... Central kind of yeah, mythology. Um, he also, he maybe joined Jason and the Argonauts on the quest for the Golden Fleece. Hmm. Hops on. Hops on. Like, mm-hmm. hey, guys, I'll go. I like the quest. <laughs> I just really love his, like, biting tongue attitude. So, like, mm-hmm. the mythological Hercules feels very different mm-hmm. than, um, like, the Kevin Sorbo mm-hmm. Xenoverse yeah. Hercules, who, like... I don't, he just feels kind of like a little more sensitive. Like this Hercules like has, there's like that certain Greek hero of just, I don't really know how to, the like a bravado or whatever, like the hands on hips, like. Right, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of attitude. Like the like Victorian reimagining of knights and yeah. heroes and yeah. things. Yeah, just like, it's super macho, but he also like, you know, he's dealing with this deep rooted grief, you mm-hmm. know, the entire thing. He's not just, like, trying to be a hero for yeah, hero's sake. Right. He's, like, on this path of redemption because mm-hmm. he did this to his family. Yeah. Which um, really, you know, makes sense in the whole, like, kind of Xena series of, like, the yes. whole story is about redemption. Mm-hmm. And, like, Xena is also going on all these crazy adventures. But, like, can she ever make up for what she's done? Like, there's all this zany stuff, you know. She's right. a hero because she's doing these hero things. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's all rooted in grief and guilt. Yeah. And it's true. You can't really... I mean, you can't make up for killing your whole you can't. family. No. All you can do is keep doing good things. Yeah, that's all you can do. And, you're and never... Zena didn't kill her family, but she killed lots of other families. She killed a lot of families. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, kind of in a way, like, I mean, she wasn't, she didn't murder her brother, but she mm-hmm. led him into battle, mm-hmm. you know? So it's like she has that weight on her shoulders. Mm-hmm. So that's how I kind of feel this she whole episode. She kind of moves on in. by moving forward with things. And yeah. But she's still always kind of looking over her shoulder at what she's done. Yeah. And this um, is like the ultimate way to make up for, or to kind of like work towards making up for murdering people is to help save Prometheus. Yeah. In this and to episode. Give that back to humans. Mm-hmm. All right. That was a lot. Well, I'm fascinating by that. Yeah. I'm fascinated. Okay. By that. <laughs> so now we meet our Kevin Sorbo Hercules. Mm-hmm. We're here. Hercules demands the sword from Xena. Yes. She just ugulates at him and they kind of battle. <laughs> <laughs> and then so it's stick she, for sword. Yeah. Woo, woo, woo. She backflips onto a horse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And Hercules is like, I'm not going to fight you. With Prometheus captured, a scratch could kill you. It's like, okay. Yeah. It's like, okay, whatever. So then... Gabrielle's still with the shopkeeper and then enters a strange man 
golden haired, oh, yeah. vest, glistening chest. Oh. He's looking for his friend Hercules, mm-hmm. his best friend. He's looking in this tent. <laughs> no, he's like, oh, is my friend in here? <laughs> Have you seen my friend? And he like very clearly thinks Gabrielle is like adorable and attractive. Mm-hmm. And this like their pairing is really alarming for me. Yeah. Because she's supposed to be like 16. And he he's does definitely seem much like older. 30. Mm-hmm. I like the questions that Gabby asks. She him. dives in. Real I know. Quick. She gets into it. Yeah. Yeah. She's just like, "Oh, do you? Are you intimidated by having yeah. a hero friend?" <laughs> I I summarize them as, "Don't you feel like a failure next to Hercules?" <laughs> yeah. She's like, "Sometimes I'm intimidated." He's like, "Well, I can I help out." Yeah. It's like, uh huh. Yeah, and then Xena shows up, and like Woo-hoo! they have this history, and it's like super tense between them. I know. Eulas was he's great at just having this like super tense moments with everyone I, I like <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I like his character a lot like, just, let's just stretch this out yeah so then we're Prometheus and Hera Hera thinks that humans aren't worthy but that other creatures are which we kind of learned that like she loves animals she know, does love that. animals yeah, yeah. And Hera then, wants her to, wants him to respect other creatures and it's true people are really bad to animals yeah it's true. So I, I get it. I totally get it. But when she's kind of talking about how humans aren't worthy, we see this CGI dragon yeah. flying about. Mm-hmm. And this is some of the, it's pretty rough animation. I it's feel like the, even for the time, it was pretty rough. <laughs> it's early, though. It's 1995. It's 1995. But it's- I remember my babysitter bringing over a video. Mm-hmm. Of, like, the new animation. She was like, this is how it's going to be. Well, and it was, like, a bumblebee flying between some leaves yeah. with, like, some CGI and, like, blocks falling down. It's very... I mean, I, I know, like, Beauty and the Beast was earlier, right? And that was, like... It was around that time. But, I mean, I recently watched that um, that Lifetime Odyssey part yeah. one, which... Mm-hmm. That was, like, three years later or something. Oh, yeah. I guess it was three years later. Three years later. <laughs> no, I'm I like, oh, I'm sorry. My timeline's wrong. It's just, or maybe four. The dragon just... It feels rough. It it's, feels kind it of is unnecessary really rough. It's, and rough. It's TV show level yeah. CGI at the time. Okay. So Hercules and Heliolis are, like, walking on the path, um, and they're sort of chatting about, like, whatever. And then this villagers just, like, keep coming up to Hercules to help them with their, like, injured family as if he has the power to I heal. Know. Like, this is unnecessary. But it's, like, good to know that everybody knows who Hercules is. Yeah. And everyone's suffering. Yeah. And we find out that they, um, Hercules and Xena don't want to work together on this mm-hmm. project because Hercules cares about her. Right. Um, they both want to do it independently. Yeah. And then we're, like, not quite sure right. what exactly. Like, what's going on? What is not being said here? Yeah. Aeolus asks why Hercules won't let Xena take the blow, mm-hmm. if that will free Prometheus. He says, don't you care about her? I do care he about her. He does care about her. Mm-hmm. And, they're like, and then we kind of learn how, like, obsessed they all are with Xena. Yeah. Did and we learn that Xena and Aeolus have a history? Not in this episode, but they do. Like, yeah. that's when Xena's, like, story arc on the Hercules show mm-hmm. was that she had, like, tricked Aeolus into loving her to, like, try to trick Hercules into, like, fighting and doing all this stuff. Okay. So he was, like, obsessed with her. And Surprising. There's a... <laughs> There's I mean, not great, that he would be obsessed, but... I mean, he's he's a man in love. Yeah, you know? he's, I guess He's so. looking for love. He's mm-hmm. looking for being having some identity other than being Hercules' sidekick. Yeah. But Gabrielle's just, like, obsessed with the drama Yes, of I know, I know. I loved this. She wants to girl talk about it with Cena. Yeah, she's like, you're not much for girl talk. And <laughs> Cena's just like, what about him? I just yeah. love it. <laughs> um, and meanwhile, Hera's warriors are, like, catching up with them. Oh, Yeah. There they come. Yeah. So we're all, um, we're fighting. We're in some kind of barn situation or something. Oh, God, yeah. Gabby's hiding in the corner, but also, like, throwing 
mock punches. Yeah, yeah, she's just kind of like pretending to mm-hmm. fight. So then Hercules ends up using his like magic gauntlets that are yes. made out of like Hephaestus's iron, mm-hmm. and we see that they have like superpowers and yeah. can't be basically like they fought everybody, and mm-hmm. then one of the one of Hera's warriors grabs Zena's sword from her back without her noticing. Oh yeah, the like, um, Hephaestus's sword. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. and then swings it up, and that's when we see. Hercules gone. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh, and then when the guy like hits him mm-hmm. with it, then yeah, he then turns it's like to dust. Sparkle. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then this is how we learn that it's a suicide mission. That's right. And that they gotta work together. And um Xena's like, I gotta do this, you know, because if I die, it's fine. Yes. Oh, but then this is the first time Gabrielle meets Hercules and she runs up and like does some fangirling and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Uh-oh. And I think it's like we learned that it's a suicide mission because the sword and the gauntlet are both made by Hephaestus. Mm-hmm. And so the wielder of the sword will turn to ashes. Yeah. And the chains of Prometheus are made by Hephaestus. Okay. And then, yeah, and Hercules and Xena are, like, kind of flirting mm-hmm. and, like, talking about this. Yeah. And he's, like, he, like, really has feelings for her. And he's, like, telling yeah. her not to underestimate herself. And Xena's just, like, you can, like, <laughs> like Lucy Laws is so great in this. I know. you can see her being, like, are you, like... Do you have a crush on me right now? Right. Like, what's going on? <laughs> I just want to break those chains. Yeah. She's like, I'm in it because, like, you know, you're Hercules. It's, like, yeah. kind of cool. But also, like, I really just want to get this done. Yeah. So we get to Mount Vulcan. We're mm-hmm. going into the cave. Hercules has been here before with Zeus, so he, like, kind of knows how to get up there. And then Gabrielle has a really funny, like, Zeus, the king of the gods kind of <laughs> line. And I was like, I really i am loving Gabrielle in this episode. She's great in this yeah. episode. <laughs> She's like, I'm more comfortable around you, Teolis. She's a normal know. guy. And he's I know. like, oh. And then we find out that Eolus was injured in their fight. I know. But he's not Uh-oh. telling anyone. So he's mm-hmm. like bleeding and he's lost the power to heal. I know. So he's dying. And like, I feel like he should probably bandage that. But I mean, what's the point? What's man? the point? What's the point? He's going to keep bleeding. <laughs> but Gabrielle's like, I'm going to keep your secret. I won't tell them. We're just mm-hmm. going to, the mission's what matters. We're just going to do that. Yeah. Um, so there's an earthquake, stalactites are falling everywhere. Mm-hmm. Hercules catches a boulder on his back, which is a great way to show, like, oh, yeah, he's so strong. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know, and I wanted to do a PSA in in the case of a rock fall. <laughs> yeah, cling to the mountainside. Yeah, get as close to the biggest rock. Oh, you did can you research find. this? No, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I went on a hike in Yosemite okay. when I was thirteen. And yeah, there was a rock fall. Oh my god! And the guide had us all run to the rocks went, like towards the yeah. mountainside because then they'll bounce right over you that's terrifying if you're near a big rock and underneath yeah. it yeah you got to get underneath the bigger thing yeah Ugh. my friend mina daringly snuck out to take a picture of the rock fall but she made it back oh my god that's I how know. people die i know <laughs> i was like mina no Don't do that. that's frightening i know Ugh. so that's what you should do did everyone hear that yeah cling to the mountainside cling to the mountainside find the biggest stable rock you can and hide slightly underneath it okay there you this go. is not what they did. No. They just had Hercules. But they're like up. in a passage. There's not yeah. a whole lot you could do. So finally at this point they confess that Aeolus is wounded. Mm-hmm. Um I know. He's brave of heart and hard of head. <laughs> Someone said that and I wrote that down. Aww. Um so he rests and Gabrielle's like, I'll stay with him. I know. And I think that's such a good decision because they don't really need Gabby or Aeolus. No. no they're they totally fine without them. Yeah. They were kind of third wheels. They were always third wheels, mm-hmm. but that's all right. So Zena's like, Gabrielle, you need to be brave. And mm-hmm. the bros say goodbye. I know. Zena um, takes Eolus's hand and it's like clear everything's forgiven at that time. Yeah. Um, so Hercules and Zena are kind of walking and talking. 
And then Xena's like, you changed my life. You taught me how to live. And then Hercules says that she makes him feel the way his, like, dead wife did. I, know. I was like, this is... I'm sick of Xena having to, like, replace all these dead wives. Everyone's, Everyone's like, my like, wife died. <laughs> Can you fill that void? And Xena's like, um, I think you're I making me out to be some life, yeah. actually. Yeah, I'm not here to fill the void in yours. I know. Ugh. But Hercules is better than Darius. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I mean, we don't have to even, <laughs> we don't even talk like, about that. Yeah, it, he's Hercules, and I understand. You know, he's feeling feelings. Yeah, and she's like a worthy adversary yeah, and companion. And, yes, yeah. they're worthy of each other. Yeah, I don't get the chemistry so much, even now that they're kissing. I right after that, comment. they just feel like siblings. Yeah, exactly. There's no chemistry between these two. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah. My comment on that was, <laughs> okay, so. Now they're kissing, is mm-hmm. what I commented, but Xena's in it for the sword. Oh, yeah. So that makes sense. Yeah, she just grabs the sword. And yeah. He's like, you never give up, do you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My second comment is, where is Ares in this episode? <laughs> what is he doing? <laughs> like, <laughs> we're seeing Xena with Hercules. I mean, I guess Zeus and Hera are brother and sister, but, like, we don't get we don't get a lot of chemistry here there's no chemistry yeah but that's okay where is aries that's mm-hmm. my note in every scene yeah, exactly. of every episode is aries here <laughs> is he hiding he's just watching <laughs> um so then we're back with Eolus and gabrielle mm-hmm. and Eolus is like definitely feels like he's dying yes and then he has a message for xena there's no hard feelings yeah proud to have known her yeah, and Gabrielle's like, sometimes I wonder what Xena sees in me. Oh. And Yola says, you have a pure heart. Yeah. I'm like, that's pretty that's nice. really nice. I know, this moment's nice. Um, and then, so whoops, all the no more fire. Yeah. yeah. So the gift of fire is gone. Mm-hmm. Hercules and Xena reach the top of the mountain, and they have a grappling hook. And Xena yes. tells Hercules to make sure Gabrielle gets to the Bard Academy. Then knocks know. him unconscious and takes the sword and kisses him goodbye. It's I know. pretty good. Um, so she climbs out into the sunlight <laughs> where there's half a dozen giant eggs. They're about eight foot eggs sitting around. Yeah, just hanging out. Hanging out. And they're at the base of Prometheus's chains. Mm-hmm. So she cuts the grappling hook so Hercules can't follow her. That's right. And she makes knowing eye contact with Prometheus. I love that moment. Prometheus yes. is just like, ah, you're here no to good. help me, human. <laughs> And then Hercules wakes up and he's like, oh man, he's climbing up the Yeah, up has the a wall. free climb using just his fingertips. And then back with Gabrielle and Aeolus, she's mm-hmm. just like kind of telling him some sweet stories. I love that. I know. And she tells him the origin of love mm-hmm. story. I know. Which is like Plato's, um, is it just the, it's not the tale of the cave. What is it? It's just the. No. Haley mm-hmm. and I both, um, Hedwig and the Angry Inch is like one of the most. It's our favorite. It's one of our favorites. One things. of our favorites. And the origin of love song is like the most romantic it's, song. Everyone should be listening to that. Yeah. Once a day. And it's especially lovely because like I think that came into our lives when we were like 16, mm-hmm. 17. And yeah. that's like how, where Gabrielle is right then. Mm-hmm. So it's just this like feeling of just this like ancient idea of soulmates mm-hmm. is like really, really beautiful. And I yeah. love that she's playing that. This and she does. A really lovely rendition in this. Oh, yeah. I just love the way she tells his story, it's too. It's so nice. So, mm-hmm. like, essentially, it's, um, like, people were bull. Mm-hmm. Um, in the ancient, ancient days. In ancient days. And some people were two, two men glued up together, and some were two women. Mm-hmm. 
and some, some were, were dudes and ladies, mm-hmm. and then they all just kind of rolled around, happy and happy. Yes. And then um, they make the gods angry, mm-hmm. and then Zeus um, cuts them all in half with a thunderbolt. Yeah. And then everyone just spends the rest of their lives trying to find each other. I know. <laughs> it's like this. So tragic. <laughs> it's, it's just so tragic. I know. Oh, we'll have to just stop. You know, but it's like, yeah, it's just so beautiful thinking about that. And then it mm-hmm. does, I mean, when you find that person, it does feel like that. You know, yeah, really, right. It's lovely. You found your match. You found him. <gasps> the other half. <gasps> so we're back with Xena. She's among the eggs. I know. And they I start eggs, hatching. Eggs, big blue eggs. These, Who would have guessed that that was what was up there? I, I would not have thought that. No. I didn't think that. When I first watched this, I just laughed and laughed and laughed. Especially when uh, I said the eggs have, um, what are those in there? Hatching <laughs> <laughs> out. I wrote down hatching birdmen, and then in quotes, ergip sounds. <laughs> I said weird lizard bird sounds. <laughs> there are these giant styrofoam eggs. Mm-hmm. The birdmen are like green in armor with these weird helmets, and they're just like yes. chirping. They are so good. Perfect. I love these guys. Mm-hmm. Completely unnecessary, but completely it's necessary. So great. An ingenious yeah. addition yeah. And to Zena's, the story. Yeah. Zena's jumping over them. Mm-hmm. Um, Hercules shows up and he's fighting. And then um, she, Zena, throws Hercules the sword and the dragon creature comes down, claws into her shoulders and swoops her up yes. by the shoulders. And there's just like the craziest CGI I've seen in a while. I know. Wrote that I'm not even nostalgic for it. <laughs> it's just like... Like, why is this dragon here? So she ties a rope to its leg, punches it in the face mm-hmm. till it drops her. So she's like, it's flying around and she's yeah. like hitting mountains right. back and forth, dangling. Mm-hmm. And Xena propels herself off a rock and yeah. jumps onto Finally. the dragon's back. Right. And stabs Slap him. Mm hmm. And calls out to Hercules. Oh, and then she throws him the, the actual sword. Right. Sorry. And then she jumps after it off of it. So there's just this like, what is this? depth of like what is this playing field that's I know. happening i was like i thought she was miles away by now but yeah this bird has apparently circled back around to directly above <laughs> prometheus like, this is like why are we in the sky i know and where is this so as the sword is coming down from like miles from the atmosphere mm-hmm. gaining speed hercules grabs a boulder to deflect the sword yes which then shoots over mm-hmm. and breaks the chains yep and hercules catches xena who literally just fell from space yeah. and says, nice of you to drop in. <laughs> <laughs> and then Prometheus is like, so they figured it out. Nobody had to die. Perfect, yeah. yeah. So I guess that's why she had to be up. They're like, how are we going to get Xena into space so they can drop this sword yeah. so it has enough like speed to deflect and cut this <laughs> a dragon? So good. They're like, what if... It's so the good. The dragon. I mean, I what I assumed was the dragon is supposed to be the eagle that eats Prometheus's liver sometimes. Oh, uh, okay. And that's why. That makes sense. But they should have just been a big eagle. It could have just been a huge eagle. That would have been. Which could have been cooler. I think that but, would have been like on brand and a mm-hmm. little better. But it's it's fine. I'm happy with the dragon too. Yeah. He's free. Fire mm-hmm. comes back. Eolus wakes up. He's healing. Mm-hmm. Then we were like kind of 
everything's sort of passed. We're hanging out in a nice field. Gabrielle and Eolas are like being really cute under a tree, yeah. which is like, I'm like, oh. I know. I'm like, really? Zena, get her out of there. Yeah. Like, this guy is a little too old for her. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, he just seems a little bit opportunistic in this situation. I think like they all just like fall in love But I guess, all the time. I mean, they've been through a traumatic experience. Yeah. It's like on The Bachelor where they take <laughs> the lady, like, to they're either going to do skydiving or once they climb to the top of the bay bridge together so manipulative so manipulative to get your like emotions and your hormones going so you feel like you're in love yeah probably what happened with Aeolus and Gabby (laughs) exactly what happened (laughs) they did go through a lot and they like Mm -hmm. talked a lot of stuff but to kiss I mean why not I guess. I mean, it's Except also, for the fact that she's 16. Yeah. And, like, it's ancient Greece. Life is short. Mm-hmm. Why not just go for it? Mm-hmm. So I'm not going totally, to shame them. It it's just feels fine, gross. but I don't feel like they're in love. Yeah. I'll say that. Like, if they're just kissing because they feel like kiss, like, okay, so, whatever. Yeah. yeah. But this is not a soul match. I, I feel that way, too. Mm-hmm. Hercules and Xena mm-hmm. are like, we make a good team. And they kind of make out. Yeah. And then they're like, till we meet again. And then Hercules, like, clearly loves her. There's still, I know. like, no real chemistry, but he does love her. And as they're watching, the girls just kind of, like leave on Argo and I love Xena's on the horse and Gabrielle's always just like walking with her mini skirts like, yes I know <laughs> she slows her down a little bit I know and then Eolas is like hey Hercules do you believe that out there everyone has someone who shares a part of their soul and Hercules is like I know it so it's like pretty romantic yeah but I don't really believe it I um, know it's also like that part also I think was to Gabby had asked whether Eolas had heard the story yeah. of the origin of love, and he was like, no. Yeah. So he did hear it. He did hear it when she told it to him. He must feel really lonely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this is like his love yeah. connection. I think that would be pretty lonely. Mm-hmm. Um, so one final thing is the credits go by. I think this is the first episode where we have the, like, such and such weren't harmed in the production. So this yes. one, it says, um, Eolas was harmed during the production of this motion picture. <laughs> However, the green egg men went on to live long and prosperous lives. <laughs> <laughs> I could see that the they loved the green egg men just I as know. much as we did. I that. It was so funny. They were so great. Oh yeah. So that's that that's, we come to that's the, end. the episode. What's our favorite Gabby moment? I mean, it was the origin of love I know, moment. Obviously. I think. Yeah. That There's was no lovely. question. Yeah. This was a real like. Oh, Gabrielle. Mm-hmm. I feel for you. I also like how confident she is that she would become a bard. Mm-hmm. She has real direction in her life. I love that, and mm-hmm. I love. In the story of Xena, when she kind of goes on to do more of that, yes. and she's like the keeper mm-hmm. of the Xena scrolls, and yes. like she is an actual bard. Mm-hmm. Those are my favorite things. Is when she's just like being Gabrielle and mm-hmm. talking and telling she stories. Gets to, yeah, develop her own path. Yeah. Well, I love this episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, there there are things about it. I think the parts that I have trouble with are the computer animation. There's like a lot of kind of odd assemblages mm-hmm. in this episode. For me, I love that because it's just like that catching you off guard. Like, yes. what? Yeah, <laughs> I know. <laughs> just like, I just love, I want Zena to like make me laugh. Yeah. You know? That's true. I think, yeah, exactly. It was a good episode. It was an entertaining episode. Mm-hmm. But I felt awkward about the merchant. The and really the, the racist merchant. Yeah. <laughs> and I, the, yeah, uh, I, I should have been more aware of that. I why was weren't just, you like, more aware of that? I just like that? totally like blocked no. out. I was like, this is weird. <laughs> Well, he occurs in other episodes because I looked it oh. up to see who this person was, uh-huh. and he occurs in many episodes as a merchant. Okay, and his ethnicity changes with each uh, place that That's they're in. That's uncomfortable. It's a little uncomfortable. Oh, yeah, 
Um, but I'm sure we'll see him again. Okay. And uh, I also felt odd about the Hercules love connection. You know, but I think for some reason they felt pressure to have like a romantic connection in mm-hmm. each episode. Yeah. Which I guess kind of ties into part of the like romance of the story. It is kind of a romantic story. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking forward to more episodes where they don't feel that pressure. Me too. Mm-hmm. I just want her to be hero. I mean, because like you go through all the labors of Hercules and he's mm-hmm. not like right. It's not like he's got a love interest in each yeah. labor. And that's like something I do love about Xena is mm-hmm. in later stories when they don't do that. It's yeah. just like her dealing with stuff mm-hmm. and you know, she's had romantic interests. She's had a love life. Yeah. But you don't need to talk about it every single second. Right. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But I love this episode. My, my favorite part was probably the green bird people <laughs> or the oracular dancers. I love them. Yeah. It was it's just, just like, so much in terms of set design and things that yeah. are really working in yeah. this episode. It was just like heavy hitting, like, mm-hmm. oh my God, I love all this Greek stuff so much. Yeah. yeah it was good. Yeah. Okay. Well. Well, thanks, guys. Thanks for listening. Until well, next time. Yeah, until next time. Ah, la, 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 la. Tia! <laughs>